Emma, would we ever listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore? No, we wouldn't, would we, baby girl? <laughs> the following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. Show everybody, thank you for joining us. Episode 701 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today as I have been for the past 701 episodes by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly Brittany Page. So you're you're safe from COVID, as we talked about with the yeah. official announcement that you had tested negative, feeling, which is great. Feeling real good. But now your shoulder is ruined, and you're yeah. probably going to have to get shoulder surgery. Again, on the same shoulder. And I, this, my, I have an appointment, uh, a doctor's appointment for it already. Well, and this likely stems from, you think... Um, an instance that happened where you saved Popeye from drowning <laughs> last year before before our trip to New Orleans. Yeah, when he we were I was explaining it to the to the the doctor office people, mm-hmm. and I said we were auditioning people to watch the dog dog sitters, uh-huh. and I happened to go over to the, the 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 guy's house, and he goes, "Oh yeah, the pool, but you know the the dogs they just they." They know what's going on, so they don't fall in. Or if they do, they only fall in once. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And then moments later, Popeye, blind Popeye falls into the pool. Yeah, he's blind. Yeah, and I had to, He's he just sank like a stone to the bottom <laughs> of the pool. And I had to reach in and grab him and lift him out. And I did it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a 50-pound bulldog who's now a 50-pound wet bulldog. Right. And with all the force <laughs> of the water that's right. surrounding him, I just yanked him out mm-hmm. and... It wasn't good. That was a year ago. Yeah, and it's continued to not be great. And but now it's really not great. Yeah, now it's it you needs... made your own sling out of a t-shirt the other day. It's yeah. like <laughs> it's like we're on Survivor or something. <laughs> I said, you know, you yeah. can we can just go get you a sling. And you're just making one on your own, like Rambo. Is that something Rambo does? I what do you want? The Rambo knowledge? What am I? Four one one on Rambo trivia? I don't fucking know. I, I I think I'm mistaking like his him having some sort of thing tied on his arm for an yeah, arm yeah. sling. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not something no, he does. No, yeah. I I just I, I I was home. Yeah, and I'm like, ah, what can I do? And I, it wasn't like ingenious. I actually Googled how to make an arm. Oh, sling. really? Okay. Because yeah. I, yeah. I was impressed. I'm like, wow, you really threw that together. It looks like it's holding your arm up very well. Very nice. Yeah, no, it didn't work very well at all. But you oh. know, it, it helped in the moment because it starts to. Anyway, I'm not going to go on and on about the arm. Yeah, yeah. It's just I thought 2020 is continuing. Everyone. Yeah, I the called 2020 energy. I called the lady racist trash at the post office today. That is also very 2020 energy. Yeah. It, in, a, in a lobby filled with people, mm-hmm. two of whom were people of color. Hmm. Well, this is Newport Beach. So tell us what 
the lady said. So I went down. So we can get a very nice picture of what happens in Newport Beach. Yeah, I went down to mail my extended tax returns today to make sure they got postmarked on the day. Because... Because I got an extension, and today's October 15th. Because I was looking for procrastination. Oh, oh because is I, the am, word. I am uh, a procrastinator extraordinaire. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's one of your main hobbies, talents, skills. It's one of my main hobbies. Some people collect model <laughs> trains. I like to procrastinate. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, we're in the law, we're in the line. I've waited in line to get, it's the lady right in front of me. Mm hmm. And uh, she gets called up, and then subsequently I get called up, because, you know, that's how lines work. To be next to her. So now you're next to her. Yeah, well, there's only three stations at that post office, and and the only two are running. So, yeah, I am next to her. But mm-hmm. pretty far apart. I mean, it's like 25 feet apart, because mm-hmm. it's a, you know. Very anyway. nice social distancing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Is she wearing a mask, yeah, by the way? Everybody's wearing a mask. Okay. Everybody's wearing a mask. And. All of a sudden, she starts freaking out on the lady who's helping her. Hmm. It's like because she's angry that the lady is asking her if she wants to buy a book of stamps, <laughs> which they always ask. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're at the post office. I mean, it's, it's a very unexpected question. It's the fast food equivalent of "Do you want fucking fries with that?" You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> obviously, she's having a bad morning because yeah, she- if you're going to be set off by asking if you want some stamps, yeah, she, and she on. really was losing it. It was like it was going on and on and on, and finally she goes. You know, I don't know what country you're from. Yikes. And there was like a low rumble of, from everybody in the peanut gallery. Because at this point, everyone's listening to what's going on and is probably horrified by what's taking place. Yeah, there's no way to avoid listening because yeah. it, she's raised her voice and is now yelling. Yeah. It's turned into an attack. So it, and then it's a racial attack. Absolutely. And everybody groaned. And I went, oh, we don't need that racist trash at all. And she's like, oh, so now I'm a racist. Now, yeah, I'm trash. I'm trash. So then she... Oh, my she, God. This is someone who is just desperate to have this She directs happen. <laughs> her ire at me, which oh I'm God. fucking fine with. Mm-hmm. And she she's now facing me, and she says, my granddad was born in blah, 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 some other country. Right. Like, that doesn't indemnify you from being a racist trash person. Like, I, And then I'm just, you know... You walked into this lady. I, you know, you're the one being a fucking racist. How uh, was the um, the postal worker? Was it a woman that was? Yeah, yeah. The lady who helped me and the lady. It, it, for, for, for your knowledge, it's the Hispanic lady and the, the Asian lady. I was being helped by the Asian lady. So the lady that was being uh, attacked by this woman, she, what was her response in this moment? Was she being quiet was she afraid to react was she trying to she was trying to reason with the lady a little Mm. bit like no you you asked if i don't remember what happened after the racist thing because then i just fucking blah i just you know let it all out yeah but up to that point she was trying to explain no no you i'm just trying to you know it's kind of like hey i'm just doing my fucking job she was being super nice very professional Mm -hmm. she's dealing with newport beach people yeah. These entitled fucks who walk around and drive around like they own the goddamn place. Well, good for you, first of all. Well, yeah, I we, guess. We need more of that, for sure. Well, when I, here's what's funny is when I walked out, all eyes are on the giant ginger who's not afraid to call, you know, rich white ladies racist trash to their face. And I walked out and the black dude was... <laughs> the, the black dude was looking at me like, 
yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then I walked out and made a joke like, have a great day, everybody. And then I walked out. Yeah. And then I had an immediate pain like in my stomach, like, oh, it's an emotional hernia that was heavy lifting. Fucking why? I'm stressed out, you know, kind of a stress response. Yeah, for sure. Well, I I don't know. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a hero. I'm not looking for like, oh, Jesse Dahlberg, what a great thing you did. It was just an interesting thing that really, I don't think it's ever happened like that before. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't walk into every moment like you're on a uh, on an episode of that fucking John Quinones show. What would what would you do, or what would I do, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And this was kind of one of those moments. Well, good. I'm glad it worked out. Everybody's safe. No one got into a fight. Everything everything worked out. It's it seems. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm I'm pleased to to have been. Somebody needs to say something. Yeah. You can't just allow that shit to go on. So. Definitely. Anyway, um, episode 701. Yeah. Brittany Page. We did not talk about our 700th episode, but we got an email about it. And once I read this, we will then have our opportunity, like we talked about last time, to reflect on making it to 700 episodes. Yes. All right. Hi, Brittany and Jesse. Just wanted to send a message to say I really enjoy listening to you guys and congratulations on making it to 700 episodes. As you know, I do not happen to align with you politically and I hold spiritual beliefs that you do not, but I think it's important to get information from all sides and I can't think of a better way to hear the other side of things than from the two of you. I wish you continued success, and I hope your audience continues to grow. Hope we can get together again soon for some Yahtzee. It's been too long. Joel. Joel. Mm-hmm. Brother of Brett number one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Very nice message. Also giving us the opportunity to not forget about the reflection that we wanted to do on 700 episodes. 700 episodes. Also, to reflect on the fact, it's a nice reminder that there are people out there who do listen who don't share our beliefs. For sure. That we are hopefully an outlet for information um, and uh, a clearinghouse for information sources for people who are curious, intellectually curious to go out there and fact check the shit that we say and we talk about. So yeah. that's, a, that's a good thing, too. Definitely. But yeah, listen, it, it has been a long, a long ride. I don't know of many independent, I don't know of many, period, but it seems to me a relative rarity to do 700 episodes of really any fucking thing. You know <laughs> what I mean? I mean? It's a big deal. How many episodes of Friends were there? They didn't make it to 700. I, I don't know. Let me it, let me get in my my uh my filing cabinet here next to my Rambo information. <laughs> <laughs> I I I thought that you were Jessapedia, but apparently apparently not. Apparently not. Yeah. Um <laughs> anyway, uh I I'm very happy that we're here. It, it it has been a long ride. We started off as something a little different than we ended up. And I want that progression and that evolution to continue. Um, I've We've gotten emails and voicemails from hundreds and hundreds of people over the years. People who are very happy with what we do. That we they, they tell us we have touched their lives. And there's an emotional connection. There's a community that's built up around this show. And it, it's just, um, it, it is a, it's not enough to say that it's a heartwarming thing. 
For sure. And that's not to say that there haven't been difficult moments uh, <laughs> or people who are dicks. But <laughs> there's always going to be dicks. But that's few and far between, honestly. And I think that that has been the biggest thing, like you just touched on, is getting messages from people that share glimpses of their personal lives and their personal experiences and sometimes even just for us right they don't want it read on the show they just want to like send us a message and let us know what the show means to them and those are things that we really hold on to when when times get tough and and we are struggling to do a show because sometimes we do we struggle to do a show yeah sure Um, especially in the age of donald trump right because it can feel the weight of it sometimes is suffocating and i i think it's just been great being able to connect with people all over the world hear all these different perspectives and it's made us better it really has we started the show we didn't really know what it would be started off the skeptic atheist you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah very critical of uh religion and um advocates for science moved away from that started to talk about more current events and with that came a lot of different perspectives that helped inform our views as well and that's been one of my favorite things about the show is hearing from other people allowing my views to be shaped and molded by that information too because yeah, yeah. we just don't want to sit here and tell each other that we're right and well, there, we have everything figured out. There is a wonderful disinfectant quality, disinfecting quality of being held accountable. For sure. And when you know, we don't shy away from dissent, we don't shy away from angry disagreement. Mm-hmm. We we face it head on. Yeah. And uh that that has been a marker of the show that we've really liked and I've really enjoyed because one Dis- dissent to the things that you agree with hone what you believe mm-hmm. if you're able to argue effectively your point you're honing your idea and look obviously we are we cherish and we champion the idea and the the, the prospect of changing one's mind when new information is received i am a, a, t- a testament to that mm-hmm. and um we encourage that Mm-hmm. And I think we've lived that. And that's, you know, kind of the other element here is our, we've lived our lives over the course of seven years. People have watched our growth and we've also watched their growth because of the community that's built up. You right. know, we talked on the Patreon call this last month that we have listeners who had no kids when this started and now have two and three kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over the course of just us doing the show, we have listeners who are no longer with us who were friends mm-hmm. because of the show. Yeah. We, we've lost people. Yeah. So we, this is, um, this is not just a job for us. And sometimes that's why we, we got to take a, a day. Sometimes right. I got to take a break and. You know, it's it, this is an emotional taxing thing. It's not just phoning it in. I, I don't think we really phone it in on this show. Rarely. Uh, well, I mean. There's it, been times. Yeah, but few <laughs> and far between. I look at this as kind of a For labor sure. of love. And it's sometimes it's 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 too much because we, we, we feel we owe it to the audience. 
something that's authentic and 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 good and 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 meaningful. Right. And if we can't if we can't do that, it's it's tough. For sure. Yeah. I will also say that that we don't agree on the episodes where we think we have phoned it in. So I don't think we know what phoning it in is. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's what I think. <laughs> I think you think we phoned it in like 90% of the time. No. We, the mics go that turn off and you're like, uh, I'm like, ah, that's a good show. And you're like, ah, you think so? <laughs> I don't do that that often. No, but... not 90%. But yeah. it's, it's a lot more often that you're thinking it wasn't great. Yeah. So one. Because in- you're more critical of what we do. And I'm, you know, kind of a cheerleader. One. I don't like that characterization. Ra, 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 ra. What? That you're the cheerleader and I'm the critical no, one. That I'm the optimist. And I'm the pessimist. It's not a binary thing, but I am between us, the optimist. Am I not? See, this is why people tune in right here. Yeah. This is it. Perfect. <laughs> so we, another thing that is interesting about doing this show is that there are people that like hate us um, and uh, not just like mildly hate us, but like wish we were dead. And... <laughs> I, I saw your post. That's we very hear from funny. them, and it's not like we hear from them and then they go away, and then we never hear from them again. We have several people. <laughs> this is not just one person, and they hate us, but they listen to every episode. Yeah, yeah, they hate listen. To and the show. I mean that For years. That's a commitment, right? That is an absolute commitment. I. Don't know if I respect it. It seems like a terrible way to spend one's life. It's a special level of disdain. But I guess I can appreciate it. Very kind of people who, even the ones who despise and wish I was dead, to continue to listen twice a week for an hour. That's a whole lot of your life that you're giving someone you hate. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so that's nice. Hopefully that will imbue me with some additional strength. Yeah. But... Uh, we got. So you're learning even from the haters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we got an email that we wanted to read because it can't just be all sunshine and butterflies around here. And um, this is someone that has written to us, like I'm saying, over the years. And their emails are primarily um, hating on us, but they have stuck around uh, to hate on us. So we wanted to read this in honor of Marla, who we have heard from again. Your podcast is garbage. <laughs> This is the... That's the subject line, right? It's the subject line. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Absolute garbage. Listening to two wet, clueless liberals regurgitating corporate media talking points as if you're wrote them. Yes, Marla, I'm going to read it the way you wrote it. I cannot handle it anymore. It's embarrassing to listen to. There are much, much better, more informed and original podcasts, i.e. citations needed, knowledge fight, The Intercept, that also take Patreon money, but unlike you cackling hens, give their listeners an actual message. Trump is going to win not because of cheating or having his Supreme Court douche nozzle pick do it for him, but because of wet, clueless liberals such as yourself annoying people to death. Please stop for America. Much love, Marla. Marla, one, has never been a Patreon supporter, so it's not like we're missing his or her money. I'm assuming it's it's her money. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I told Marla where to fucking go a few years ago when, when they emailed and were an asshole. So here's what's interesting about this, is that conservatives think that we're filthy, dirty, ruining America communists, 
And our lefty friends, I'll speak for myself on this one, my lefty friends think that I'm practically a Republican. Mm-hmm. So get the fuck out of here that we're wet liberals, whatever the fuck that means, preaching corporate Democrat talking points. Yeah. Well, that, the- that is, it's just, it is stupid. It is fucking stupid is what it is. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's why we're reading it. Because this illustrates a beautiful point. And for anyone who dares to share of themselves online or in person or whatever it may be, right? If you're making yourself vulnerable, you're opening up to people, you're sharing your perspective, you're sharing your life, you will inevitably encounter dicks. That's just going to happen. And this doing the show has been a lesson to me in how to tolerate that a bit better because it it's something that gets to me. It does. It upsets me. Uh, my feelings get hurt, mm. right? I get angry. But in the number of times that I've been shit upon from doing the show, it gets a lot easier and you <laughs> yeah. start to understand and realize you're not going to you're not going to please everybody. There's going to be people that hate you. Also, we don't try to please everybody. No. We're thinking in public here. Right. But what I'm trying to reinforce is that it's okay, right? Yeah, That you sure. don't please everybody, that people hate you, that people don't like you. I don't know Marla, and I don't even know if that's their real name. They they have a, a Proton Mail email address, so yeah, they're one yeah. of those people that are like... They have proton mail. They're very concerned about their privacy. Right, right, right. Like anybody gives a fuck about their setup. Yeah. Marla <laughs> would surely be the person who has a Twitter egg, you know, not yeah. putting their face or their name to anything. But I. Someone I would I would call a coward. But the way I see it is I try to. I, I want the respect of people that are respectable. Yeah, sure. People that are, are good people. That's that's who I want to earn the respect of. And so a lot of these people that I've encountered that have been hateful toward us and the show over the years, I wouldn't place them in that category. And it's not just because they're hateful. Um, I've had people malign me for my background, criticizing how vulnerable I've been in sharing my my traumas, my personal history with my family. Yeah. Sure. Saying that I'm a broken person. Um and use weaponizing your history against you. Right. And I weaponizing that vulnerability. It's fucking shameful. And I see it I see it online for other people that are public figures too. And it's something that unfortunately <laughs> people kind of have to get used to, which sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to reinforce cuz I think we need more people to open up, to share of themselves. And without being comfortable encountering the dicks, it's going to be scary territory for everybody. So, and I know there are people that send us messages and they say, don't read this. And part of it is the fear of opening up on on a wider scale. Understandable, justifiable. Right. But we also want to reinforce that it's okay. You're not going to please everybody. People are going to hate you. And sometimes it's funny. I mean, I got this email and I was laughing my ass off because, again, it's just like we keep hearing from these people and they keep dedicating time to us. Maybe hoping that we'll change. I don't know. I'm sure they like something about us because we're we're in their heads a lot. Yeah, they're dedicating a lot of fucking space in their head to us. Yeah. So here's the deal to Marla. Wish you well, Marla. Wish you peace. Genuinely, I'm being I'm being 100% serious. I'm not being passive aggressive. I wish you peace and 
someday maybe you'll listen to the show and have an epiphany and not be a dick. I don't know if that will happen. Probably going to continue to be a dick, but I hope that you at least find peace in your life in some way. And here's my message. Since you got it all fucking figured out, what oh, is the best goddamn content and what being a wet liberal is, a <laughs> corporate Democrat talking point that we wrote, oh. then start your own fucking podcast, do your own thing, reach the masses on your own, you fucking douche, you goddamn clown, fuck off. <laughs> fuck straight the fuck off. So, we give you the platform. We're amplifying your dumb fucking voice. Fuck off. If you don't like it, don't listen. Go listen to The Intercept. <laughs> Go lick fucking Glenn Greenwald's butthole because he's got all the goddamn answers. Fuck off. If we're not for you, fuck off. <laughs> Did I mention fuck off? I'm not sure if I mentioned fuck off. I feel like we have different approaches when it comes to addressing things like this, but you know, I think I pretty much just said what you said. Oh. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I don't even know whether that's necessary, but there it is. Yeah, uh, not not super necessary, but but sure. Um, it's always it's always a nice reminder, I think. So, here's the general message. This has brought a lot of joy into our life, a lot of growth, a lot of learning. The show. Yes, we've tried to we've tried to grow and learn and be better and do better, and we wouldn't have been able to do those things without the audience. And so we very much appreciate you all coming on this journey with us. Like Joel said, he wishes us uh, many more episodes and we wish the same for ourselves. We wanted this year to have uh, more interviews. We just before the pandemic started, we had a trip plan to do an in-person live event in North Carolina and that got canceled because of the pandemic. We're hoping that as things normalize, we can get back on that path yeah, yeah. of starting to move toward doing things like that. Live in-person events, uh, more interviews certainly is something that I want to do. Uh, this year has been weird. It has been hard. And not just for us. I mean, I think everybody knows that. For sure. Yeah. And we want to thank you all for, for sticking around with us and, and enduring the hell that has been 2020. <laughs> we love you guys, and we appreciate you. We do. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Uh, let's get to a voicemail. Last time on the program, Jim from Texas called to express his displeasure with the the team Ian and um, J.R. Brinksmanship and their show, Save Us from the Johns. I, I, this is how he described them. They're laughing it up and cynical as all hell. And, and you know, I, I don't know if he's far off the mark there, but uh, Mr. Team Ian, one of the co-hosts of the program, he called in to address Jim's concerns. Hey, Brittany, Jesse, it's your pal Ian. Um, I'm calling because I, I, I need you to put me in touch with, uh, with Jim, I think that's his <laughs> name, uh, who trashed me and my brother uh, pretty severely on uh, guest appearance. Look, I got a couple things I need to say to Jim. 
first of all, um, look, Jim, if you wanna if you wanna rumble with me, that's fine. Get at me. My my name on Twitter is at Pinian. DM me. I will send you Jonathan's home address. I'll send you <laughs> his phone number. You can we can squash the beef by you uh finding where he lives and talking to him. I will I will make that happen. Um also, were your criticism of us being critical to the Johns? Look, you don't know what it's like to listen to a podcast you don't want to listen to and then have to do your own podcast. But you know what? Here I'm challenging you. This is what you have to do before you can judge me. You have to download every episode of my podcast each week, Save Us From The Johns. You have to listen to it. You have to then record your own podcast. I don't really <laughs> care what you call it. You can call it like Save Us From The Brothers, whatever you want. <laughs> You have to then review my podcast each week. Mm. And then, yeah, and you have to do what I do, which is, like, you know, to not hang out with friends because you're recording an episode or, like, <laughs> let your relationships sort of flag on the vine. These are the types of sacrifices that you need to make if you want to criticize me. But, again, uh, I don't think you're man enough to do it. I hope I'm wrong. But if you need to get in contact with us, Contact me through my Twitter, and I will give you Jonathan's home address. Um, okay, that's it. Bye, guys. Laying down the gauntlet. Very funny. Yeah. The, they are good guys. They are cynical fucks sometimes, but they are they are good guys. Also, by the way, two people who would think that I'm what they call, call on their show normie liberals. Mm-hmm. I'm not some radical leftist. You know, I don't have a rose in my fucking Twitter Twitter handle on my profile. Yeah. Like the Democratic Socialist symbol. I mean, I wonder how many years away from that you are, though. Come on, man. It's just not... <laughs> even Ryan Bell is, you know, I'm a normie. We have friends in our lives who are way, way left of us. Yeah, so shout out to Ian for leaving that message. I would, I want to say this is something that happens to people who start podcasts and then start getting criticism. Is that's the go-to thing, which you just did it in response to Marla. Ian's doing it in response response to Jim. Well, he's no, he's doing it as a joke. I'm saying serious. Start your own podcast. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, there's people that say um, because it's such a weird thing that people it's unexpected. You don't understand how things work, right? You start talking into a microphone. People start criticizing you. It's a weird place to be in. Yeah, and that's yeah. just the natural response of, oh, well, you think that you can do it. Well, then do it. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> my thing, it's it's not, uh, it's it's advice that people give. You know? Yeah. But the, the, the strange thing about the podcast medium, it's out of nobody's reach. Mm-hmm. We didn't know a fucking thing when we started 701 episodes ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. We we barely know what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And here we are. <laughs> the equipment's a little bit better. The, the technical bit. knowledge has a little bit. gone up a yeah. lot. Not on my part, on your part, but... Yeah, but I had none of it when we started. For sure. Zero knowledge of how to do any of this. So it's... The, the, the barrier to entry is very, very low, and if it weren't very low, there wouldn't be a million and five shitty podcasts out there, maybe including this one. That's why it's the running joke. Everybody has a podcast. That's right. Check out my podcast. That is exactly. Every Lyft driver you meet who happens to have a warrior Viking podcast. Oh, I remember that podcast. guy. What a great... That guy is he endangered species, the white male in America. He was very... 
he was very passionate about that line those, of argument. Those of you who have listened to the show for a long time will know what we're talking about. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. This community is important to us, and um, we truly, truly love you. Not you, though, Marla. Fuck off. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore <laughs> comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We would like to thank our two new Patreon supporters, Gary W. Gary W. And David R. David R. Thank you so much to Gary W. and David R. for your new Patreon support. Do not forget, we do monthly Patreon hangouts for the people that are in the specific tier for Patreon hangouts. And we do those, Marcus, every month at the end of the month. At the exact same fucking time. Hasn't changed. Not trying to sabotage anyone. Fucking awkward. So this month, it's going to be Friday, October 30th at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And Saturday, October 31st, Halloween at 11 a.m. See, we have a Friday night hangout and a Saturday morning hangout to accommodate the different time zones and also, I guess, the different vibes that people want to kind of join the call. Friday night is typically, if you you are a drinker, people have a, a cocktail and just talk about the news of the day with us. Don't ex- don't come onto these calls by the way and expect us to yeah. <laughs> do a show for you. They are agenda free. Sometimes there's like sitting around kind of staring at each other until a topic comes up. Yeah, we'll talk about the weather. (laughs) We'll talk about Trump. We'll talk about the last month we had one of the listeners share just an incredible life story with us. And that was just amazing. It was so great to hear and connect to our listeners in that way. Growing up in a cult. Yes. Pretty fucking amazing. Awesome. And shout out to that listener. I don't want to reveal the name because I don't want to expose the story but yeah yeah we we know who you are it was talking about it was among friends yes um so join us for that saturday morning typically coffee in hand although not for the uh (laughs) european listeners who join sometimes sometimes they got a drink yeah you know you never know okay so join us we'd love to have you we appreciate all of you for again supporting us whether it be on patreon paypal shopping through amazon which hasn't been shut down yet and rating and reviewing us on iTunes and just listening to the show. We appreciate that too. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So the town halls. I'm glad you did. I was like, what are we going to start with? <laughs> I had my hand up ready to talk. Yeah. And you introed. Good, good job. Thanks. Yeah. It was like a failed karate chop. <laughs> so we watched. We didn't watch all of these town halls. A failed karate chop. We we have to do. We have to be transparent, right? We didn't watch all of the town halls. And here's why we didn't do that. Because we value our mental health. Yeah, I hope you we were going to go there. We want to ensure that our mental health is taken care of first and foremost. (laughs) 
And listening to Donald Trump drone on and on is not something that is good for our mental health. We watched almost all that Donald Trump one, though. We did. Ready to punch myself in the face watching the lady behind him. Oh, my God. Nodding like a marionette. What was the deal with that? I couldn't take my eyes off of it every time she nodded her head. Even nodding about things that there's no way she can have any knowledge of, like, like his about taxes. his taxes and <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah, she's like, lady, you don't. This is, you can't agree. You don't know. She's like, exactly. I've seen the taxes. What he said is right. You guys better respect him. <laughs> no, I, I, I want to give a shout out to Savannah Guthrie, and I think that you disagree on this, which yeah, is fine. Yeah, I do. I don't think that she was perfect by any means, and. And there are other people I could think of that I would want to see as moderators in this type of situation to really hold his feet to the fire. But I understand what one is up against when in this situation with Donald Trump. And I feel as though her strategy was the fast pace and moving things along, which did in a way force him into somewhat staying on track a lot more than he normally does and she used a phrase a lot where she would interject and say and now i want to talk about to kind of move it along yeah i'll agree with that and i thought that was that was really good now did she hold his feet to the fire on every issue and like make him answer questions from the town hall participants no is that great that that's no. that's my problem and it's just there's so many issues that are so in so pivotal and we deserve we deserve an answer like for instance on the healthcare question and yeah. she's asking she's pressing him on the, the 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 fact that they're challenging Obamacare as a whole and that pre-existing conditions will be done away with and then kind of letting him off the hook on you you've been saying repeal and replace what is the plan to replace? Give us specifics of the plan to, that you're going to replace it with. No one ever lets makes him answer that question. Right. He does his stupid meandering dodge thing, and they let him go. They need none. They need to say no. What plan? You've had four years. Two months ago, you said in two weeks you're going to release a plan. What's the plan? What's the plan? He goes off. No, no. What's the plan? It needs to be clear and indelible in the minds and the ears of voters that he's dodging the question because your your unwashed uninitiated political um voter who's watching will will think that he answered the question because he said a lot of words right right and it's just no kind of like how people think ben shapiro is smart because he talks really fast <laughs> uh, some people do yeah listen if he talks that fast he has to be saying something really smart um, Him and that walking pincushion head uh, with the giant inflatable balloon head. Charlie Kirk, him too. He talks fast like Ben Shapiro as well. Hmm, I don't know that I've ever heard him talk. Oh, it's remarkable. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think I want to. You're, yeah, you're it. not missing out on much. Yeah. So Joe Biden, uh, <laughs> Mercedes Schlapp. Let's start here. Mercedes Mercedes. Schlapp. She is on, she's like the, a big wig on Donald Trump's campaign, his comms team. So she's an official within the, 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 the Donald Trump campaign. And her husband is, um, Matt Schlapp, who is a big media dipshit in conservative circles. Right. So she tweeted and it, it did not go well on Twitter. For her. For her. 
She said, well, at Joe Biden, at ABC Politics Town Hall, feels like I'm watching an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Is that is that, is that a criticism? Does she not understand that Mr. Rogers is universally loved? What? Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm confused. Was that the criticism that followed that we we all love Mr. Rogers? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to your <laughs> message here is that Mr. Rogers is a dick. <laughs> that's not that's not how this works. So Joe Biden is coming across as a very kind, caring man. Right, right. Uh, by the way, he stayed based on the tweets that I was seeing, I think an hour after his town hall ended, well, taking well, questions from people even after it ended. It was no longer on air and he was still there interacting with voters. Yeah, let's say this first. Donald Trump's ran from from um, eight to nine Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden's ran from eight to nine thirty. He already did it half hour more and then stayed for an additional hour to answer questions from the audience off air. That is the mark of somebody who's in it to win it and really cares and actually has some answers. Look, Joe Biden, not my guy. Bummed we're here. But at least he's putting in the effort related to that. When you say Joe Biden, not my guy, uh, you mean he was not your choice during the primary, but he is someone that you are casting your ballot for in this election. I have cast my vote for Joe Biden. There we go. And going forward into a Joe Biden administration, you better settle in, folks, for some criticism of shit we see that we don't like. We're going to call balls and strikes going into a Joe Biden administration, give praise where there's praise is necessary, but we're going to be trying, I'll speak for myself, I'm going to be trying to push Joe Biden in a leftward slant to get things done for America and the world, uh, because we got a lot of ground to make up over for the damage that Donald Trump has done. For sure. Um, I just wanted to clarify that because we are in the weeks leading up to the election. You're right. You're Don't right. want anyone to think you're not voting for Joe Biden. Um, so then they can point to you and say, well, Jesse's not doing it. I feel comfortable sitting it out. Yeah, no, no, please, please vote. I definitely voted. I voted for Joe Biden. So here's the thing. Going back to Savannah Guthrie. Here's how we know she did a good job. Okay. Even if she wasn't perfect. Greg Gutfeld. Uh, a man who works on Fox News. Uh, just a fucking meathead. Turned a into idiot. a complete Trump bootlicker. It's pretty remarkable. I He he was like the one mildly sensible voice. He used to host a, a show on on uh, on Fox in the middle of the night called Red Eye. Yeah. And he was like the one of those like quirky liberal types out of step with the typical politics of Fox. That's News. right. Yeah. At and least now, that's how he painted himself. He's not that way anymore. Now he's a host on the five. And like you said, a subservient servile mutt of a bootlicker. Yeah. So he uh, tweeted that Savannah Guthrie was bullying Donald Trump. Yeah. Bullying the, the him. president of the United States of America and the the arm the, the the commander in chief of the the greatest army the 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 globe has ever known is being bullied by Savannah Guthrie. Shut the fuck up. Well, I love how he can recognize quote unquote bullying in a journalist pressing him and yeah. forcing him to answer questions, but he can't recognize Donald Trump bullying 
I mean, everybody, the endless list of people that he has bullied since he's been president, using his power and his influence to attack people who do not have as much power and influence as he does. Private citizens he attacks and bullies. Right. It, It doesn't matter whether you're in or out of power. Donald Trump feels real comfortable in the bully pulpit, literal bully pulpit. Right. So we didn't want to play any clips of it because it's just going to make everybody exhausted. We get it. Uh, you get it. <laughs> he he wouldn't say when he last tested negative. He he just doesn't answer the questions. And so, you know, we get it. I We're- mean, unless you're the lady who sat behind him who thought he answered every question with 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 clarity. Perfect. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're her. Yeah. Right on the mark. Um, good for good for Trump. So the other thing that happened this week was the Senate confirmation hearing of Amy Coney Barrett, the um, replacement for Justice Ginsburg. And we wanted to talk about that a little bit, too. I don't know if you have takeaways, Jesse, but I have several takeaways from my experience of watching it. Yeah, let me let me just start by saying that it is it is a sad moment in our history that this is where we are, mm. that it is a foregone conclusion that she will be the next justice on the Supreme Court. Right. That this 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 illegitimate electoral system that we have. Republicans have won the popular vote one time in the past, like, 30 fucking years to win the presidency, and they're picking judges like it's cool. They're picking justices like it's cool. That's a problem. That is unde- that's undemocratic for an already pretty anti-democratic um, setup on the court, the Supreme Court. These are appointed for life. So Donald Trump, who lost the election by 3 million votes, has impacted the culture of America for generations by being able to pick three separate justices. And she's like 50 years old or something. She's going to be there for 20 fucking years at least. So it's just, for me, it's a bummer. And that is why I advocate stacking this motherfucking court with 13 or 15 justices to rebalance things so we can start having uh, a normal outlook in our judiciary. She will be 49 in January. She's not even 50. I was trying to Google more quickly. It's even re- but... That's just remarkable. Yeah. So. And, and re- listen, listen. Don't doubt and don't get sucked into the, the, the this religious attacks on her. If you have nutter butter religious beliefs that are fundamentalist in nature, talking about bringing on the kingdom of God through your application of the law, it needs to be talked about. It's not an attack on her faith. It is asking legitimate questions about how she feels about issues related to the civil and human rights of the LGBTQ in this country. Well, and that's the thing, right? The people who are making the argument that leftists are attacking her faith, which where is that happening? Joe Biden is a Catholic. It's not really happening, but sure. Um, They're the same people who are happy to launch an attack on, like you just referenced, LGBTQ people. Um, They only care about religious freedom if it allows them to discriminate 
Yes. That's what they want to protect it for because they want they want to be able to discriminate. And and that's really what you saw in the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats questioning Amy Coney, Amy Coney Barrett, although not all Democrats. <laughs> uh, Diane Feinstein, who Ugh. praised Lindsey Graham and thanked him and hugged him afterward, maskless, by the way. And uh, asked Amy Coney Barrett, can you please introduce your family to us? That was one of her hard-hitting questions. Yeah, yeah. Very disappointing. She's a California senator. Yeah. It's unconscionable that we're represented by this fucking woman. Yeah. But here, here was one of my takeaways. So they're trying to, the Republicans, say, we can never know how she would rule. She has an open mind. We love her open mind. We love that we just, you never know. We can't even predict it because she's made no promises to anybody. No one has asked for her to say, Amy Coney Barrett, are you going to overturn Roe versus Wade? How are you going to vote on that issue? Well, since we haven't asked her that, we could never know. That's right. But we're going to push her through because we can't have Joe Biden. We can't risk Joe Biden putting someone up there. I mean, even though we'll never know how they decide on anything and we don't know what their beliefs are. We need to rush and put her through. We love her previous membership in the Federalist Society. We love her written criticism of the Affordable Care Act. We love that she's endorsed by pro-life organizations. We love that she calls herself an originalist. We love that she worked on the uh, Gore uh, Bush v. Gore recount thing to try to stop the recount and stifle democracy. Right. We love that. Right. But- you love to see it. Right, Brittany? <laughs> exactly. It's my new thing. <laughs> So, but but you could never know what she's actually going to... She has an open mind, you guys. And there's a difference between her in her academic role and her in her judge role, you guys. She, you know, it, that's that writing about her criticism of the Affordable Care Act. That was just her as an academic. Now, when she gets in there and she actually hears the case... All of her, like, alignment with Scalia is suddenly going to disappear, I guess. Right. <laughs> is that the expectation? I said this on YouTube, but it's just a nonsense thing to, to for her to be applying for the job. This is effectively a job interview. Yeah. And, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's, she's applying to work uh, heavy machinery, right? Something technical you need knowledge about. But no, you can't ask her about her qualifications or her beliefs about anything or how she's going to run the job. Right. You just got to hire me and then you're going to find out how good I am at the job. It's a nice little surprise for everybody. That's just fucking nonsense. Yeah. And and she kept referring to how Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg did or didn't answer questions during her confirmation process. Ruth Gator, Jesus fucking Christ, everybody. Maybe I should quit (laughs) podcasting. Ruth Bader Ginsburg did emphatically answer the question about Roe v. Wade and said, yes, absolutely, a woman has a right to choose. She didn't dodge and bob and weave. She fucking answered. Yeah, it it was a disappointing charade just all around... And I, I can't say enough about how disappointing Diane Feinstein is. <laughs> just okay, it's just I incredible. Mean, so here, here, l- 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 let me uh, let me play it, Mr. Chairman. I just want to thank you. Uh, this has been one of the best set of hearings that I've participated in, and I want to thank you for your fairness and the opportunity of going back and forth. It leaves one with a lot of hopes, a lot of questions. And even some ideas, perhaps some good bipartisan legislation thank we can put together to make this great country even better. So thank you thank so you. much for your leadership. Thank you for your leadership, Lindsey Graham. 
What kind of air in the sails of the Lindsey Graham campaign that's happening right now on the ground in South Carolina do you think that Dianne Feinstein just blew air? For sure. What in the fiddling fuck are we doing here? Jamie Harrison fighting for his political life here to try to make a better state, a better representation model for South Carolina. And Dianne Feinstein's over here on tape. Thank you for your leadership, Lindsey Graham. You fucking liar. You hypocrite. You Trump toady. Fuck off, Dianne Feinstein. Well, Title of the episode. And what's... <laughs> Oh, God. So and what is at stake here? I mean, people who may be listening to this thinking, well, what's wrong with her extending the hand and going across the aisle and trying to be cordial? Well, number one, Lindsey Graham is a bad person and he doesn't need to be in his in his position anymore. He should not be in his position anymore. This he isn't has leadership. No, he is not a good leader. He <laughs> he has gone back and forth about Donald Trump. Right. He used to say he was immoral. He had plenty of negative things to say about Donald Trump, but one day that switch flipped, he's, and now he, he does everything a, that Trump wants him to do. Called him a racist, xenophobic, religious bigot, he called him. That's exactly what he said, called actually. Called him a kook. That's impressive that you are able to recall that. Yeah, well, you know. Jessapedia, coming in with the win. Anyway, just Couldn't not, do it about friends, but here we are with Lindsey no Graham's insults Rambo for Donald knowledge. Trump. <laughs> no Rambo knowledge, but anything about Lindsey Graham, I got it in the, in the, in the what's the word for it? Steel uh, trap the in the in the in the vault. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, what's on the table here? Diane Feinstein apparently doesn't give a shit. What's on the table? What what's at risk? Right. Well, she's the one. Remember who when the when the Green New Deal, the Sunrise Movement was in her office. Oh, with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. She's just denigrating them and shaming them and being shitty to these kids who are desperate about their futures. Right. About c- climate change that is happening rapidly, that we ha- we're in an emergency fucking situation here, and Diane Feinstein, one of the wealthiest members in Congress, she's just a fucking hypocrite. So I want to read a little bit about Amy Coney Barrett's record because you maybe you haven't heard specific criticisms of it, specific cases, and this one really stood out to me. So this is from reporting in the AP. Quote, Barrett wrote a unanimous three-judge panel in 2019 that upheld the dismissal of a workplace discrimination lawsuit by Terry Smith, a black Illinois transportation employee who sued after he was fired. Smith's claims included that he was called a racial slur by supervisor Lloyd Colbert. Quote, the N-word is an egregious racial epithet, Barrett wrote in the Smith versus Illinois Department of Transportation. That said, Smith can't win simply by proving that the word was uttered. He must also demonstrate that Colbert's use of this word altered the conditions of his employment and created a hostile or abusive working environment, end quote. Listen to that argument. Barrett went on to say that Smith, quote, introduced no evidence that Colbert's use of the N-word changed his subjective experience of the workplace. To be sure, Smith testified that his time at the department caused him psychological distress, but that was for reasons that predated his run-in with Colbert and had nothing to do with his race. His tenure at the department was rocky from the outset because of his poor track record, end quote. So this argument here is that being called a racial slur by your boss at your work is not enough to indicate 
that a hostile work environment. Yeah, it's not enough to indicate that the that the conditions of your employment uh, were altered and that a hostile work environment was created. Going to be the next justice on the United States Supreme Court, bringing this kind of mental metal with her. These types of arguments. Yeah, oh, that's reprehensibly racist, but a woman who's adopted two black children. Yeah, and don't forget that, right? She's raising two black children. Which the right uses as a weapon. Like, oh, see, she can't be racist. She, she adopted two black kids. Right. Get the fuck out of here. How many Republicans have we seen use their black family members as cover? Mark Meadows, chief of staff to Donald Trump, has done it. That's the most recent example, I yeah. think. But it's been countless others, right? Yeah. All right. You have anything else? Because I'm ready to punch myself in the face. Well, I know it's disappointing, but it's important to talk about because we want to ensure that in these criticisms of Amy Coney Barrett, it isn't just vague generalities about her and her fundamentalist religious beliefs. There are real concerns oh, here. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that she won't be transparent and can't answer like basic questions about the First Amendment from members of her own party, <laughs> um, effectively, those things are concerning to say the least but here we are and she's a pretty big brain fart by the way she's gonna be confirmed that's gonna happen yeah yeah so we're uh we're gonna have to see what happens they only need 51 votes hopefully mark kelly gets in there and he will get put in like as soon as he's elected right yeah because he's a replacement he's actually he's running um She's not been elected to the seat. Martha um, McSally. Martha McSally has been appointed to 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 take over for for John uh, McCain. Um, she lost the election to Christian Cinema. Remember? Yeah. So she's just holding. She's a placeholder until they replace John McCain. So that would be good if he gets in there. Possibly, maybe he could vote. Yeah, there there are there are a few things, but I'm just I wanna I wanna brace everybody for the the wildly likely eventuality that Amy Coney Barrett is going to be the next. She's going to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. So quickly, we want to talk about voting and Republicans have a history of not wanting people to vote. And that has continued this year. So in Texas, you had Governor Greg Abbott and his order limiting ballot drop boxes to one per county in Texas. That's right. One per county. And some of these counties are massive. One of the counties in Texas is as big as the state of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. One drop box. Harris County went from having dozens, many, 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 to one. The, the county is the side of the population of about L.A. County. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's unbelievable. Clear voter suppression because it only deals with mail-in ballots. Yeah, so there's been there's been a legal fight over this and earlier this week a federal appears, appeals court upheld the order, but actually on Thursday a Texas judge struck down the order and this is Judge Tim Sulak and he's based in Austin. This is what he said about the order, quote, the order would likely needlessly and unreasonably increase risks of exposure to COVID-19 infections and substantially burden potential voters' constitutionally protected rights to vote as a consequence of increased travel and delays, among other things. 
So this is an ongoing legal battle. The case has kind of been bounced around between opposing courts for several weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, we're getting up to election day. We're running out of time. Fewer than fewer than 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 twenty one days. I mean, it's less than three weeks to go. Yeah, and this is something similar, not not totally similar, is happening in California with the California Republican Party, Ugh, uh, saying, motherfuckers, saying that they're not going to comply with the state's cease and desist order over unofficial <laughs> ballot boxes that they have placed in at least four counties. That, that say on them, official ballot drop. Yeah. They are taking into custody citizens' votes under the guise of this is an official place to drop your ballot when it is not. Mm-hmm. So what the California Democrats need to do is do more than a cease and desist letter. The Attorney General and the Secretary of the State need to get involved here and start indicting people because this is election fraud. Mm-hmm. ballot harvesting where on the back of a ballot in California if you're going to give someone the right to transport your ballot to the to the polls you need to write their name there's like a process involved you don't just drop it in a random box and have some rando bring it they don't have the legal authority to have custody of your ballot. Right. Well, and the California Republican Party is saying that they did not promote or authorize the promotion of these boxes as official. And that when they learned that some of the boxes have been had been labeled as official, that they had the, the term removed yeah. from the boxes. Who believes that? Who yes. fucking believes that when there's tweets that went out and then as soon as the uh, controversy kicked off oh all of a sudden the tweets disappeared right get the fuck out of here they are absolutely it's they scream and yell about the the fraudulent nature and the potential for fraud related to mail-in ballots and then they contribute to actual fraud taking place mm-hmm. Ugh. yeah so, very disappointing. Right here in Orange County, by the way. Right here where we are. Yeah, it was actually in four counties, Los Angeles, Orange, Ventura, I believe. For up in Fresno. I'm not sure if that's Ventura County. but And a fourth county that I can't find as I'm trying to recklessly scroll through this. Yeah, I mean, it. it's all over the state. Yeah. It's... It is pattern and practice for Republicans to try to suppress the vote, to try to have fewer people have access to the franchise rather than more because fewer votes when, when, when voter turnout is lower, that benefits Republicans. When more people have access to the franchise, Democrats do better. Yeah. Democracy folks, fucking democracy. Yeah. Anyway, I think we should end it there. Mm -hmm. I'm start. My eye is starting to twitch. (laughs) I'm starting to get, you know the bull the veins bulging yeah. maybe i'm just so all this rambo talk has me a little stallone you know what i mean yeah exactly <laughs> well we would love to hear from you if you haven't written to us before if you have not called in we would very much appreciate hearing from you 657-464-7609 or i doubt it at dollamore.com now do not dissuade do not allow that to dissuade you should you be in the camp of a regular uh, caller in or, or emailer communicator communicator sure <laughs> uh, <laughs> we want to hear from you too 657-464-7609 or i doubt it at dollamore.com we love you guys thank you for sticking around for 701 episodes we love you guys we'll see you next time 
For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It.